0: Welcome to the uh our third episode of the Listener Leave podcast um you know this is a uh, we're excited to have uh, Shimshere Singh from uh, the UK here. Uh, we've got Vinny, who is with me on the f- on the first podcast, as well as the second. Um, uh, yeah, we're just uh, usually, our, our podcast is called Listen or Leave, uh, which essentially you can pay attention to us or you can choose to leave. Uh, right now, obviously, our first episode was based on the Ghassan issues, the protests happening uh, in India. And I think... That, that's the biggest news for us, anyway, relevant to us. And so we wanted to kind of continue to touch on that some more. Um, and, you know, no better person than Shimshere Singh to kind of uh, uh, have that conversation with. Uh, Shimshere Singh is the, you know, I'm just, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read this because I don't want to get it wrong. He's uh, <laughs> a co- co-founder of the National Sikh Youth Federation in the UK, the NSYF. Uh, so it's a Panthik uh, Jathabandi. Uh, that's educating and inspiring the youth with, you know, Sikh history, philosophy, polity, culture, and lifestyle. Shemshir, you guys have worked on various projects. Um, I think I've even... uh, Well, I've been on your website. I've I've read some of the reports you guys have done. So you guys are doing uh, really important work educating the diaspora, Uh, just, you know, bringing information that we didn't know existed uh, to the forefront, so which is very important. Um, And you've been on... Various panels with, you know, various artists, politicians. I know you were on one with, uh, you know, the NDP leader of Canada, Jagmeet Singh, years ago. Um, so, you know, um, we're excited to have you here uh, and and have this conversation. Uh, we've met a few years ago in in Edmonton. And, you know, I, t- I tell people till this day that what you said to me that day, you were like, you know, I think we were having the discussion on how to... Uh, you know how, how to get motivated to learn more of the sick history. And you were like, let the gomidad consume you. I, I, I won't forget that. And I was like I was like, damn, you know, that 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 was like <laughs> you know, it hits, right? And uh, I think even Harman, me and him both, we talk about that till day. We're like, you know, Chamshira Singh told us, let the Gami dad consume. That's the only way you can kind of get consumed by everything and wanna learn. Right. I told Vinny about that as well. And Vinny, everyone seems to yeah. love that. <laughs> so.
1: That, that, that line motivated me, man. And, and yeah. that, that's crazy. Just hearing it from you coming from a third party, but, uh, hopefully our listeners can get that, get yeah. that flame lit.
0: Yeah. So yeah. listening to this podcast. So thanks for being with us, taking time, uh, out to uh, be with us. So, uh, um, yeah, I, I guess let's, uh, let's kind of get started here. Um, and, uh, Let's start with what we're here to talk about, the Kassan protests and what your kind of views are of what, what's happening right now. And then we'll just kind of go from there.
2: Well, firstly, thank you so much um, for having me on and all, all those kind words. Uh, it means a lot. Trust me. Um, but yeah, like this, um, this eruption that we're seeing right now um, has been there under the surface for a really long time. And it's come out like at different moments at like Burgari where there's be-, be happening, you know, during the Rajawana um, movement, um, you know, and like now recently with the Kasan thing, um, there's been like these real kind of palpable moments where like the rage of Punjab that's like there under the surface erupts. And now this eruption has been unique and it's been different. Um, you know, it's got, a, it's got an edge to it. Um, it's got it's got this whole feeling of this like awakening that's taking place and it's like you know um, commanding the attention of the entire diaspora uh, so like all of our eyes our attention is like on Punjab right now um, and this is building for a really long time you know like this is like part of that same um uh, that same anger that same rage that same um you know desire for freedom for to, to fight against like any kind of imposition on punjab that we've seen like from like you know the 80s you know onwards so there's a there's a lot in this eruption it it, di- it didn't just occur out of nowhere right mm-hmm. like it's part of um
0: so so, so so when you say that like it didn't occur out of nowhere right like um I guess that's kind of again why we ha- we we have you here is like we want to explain that because we have myself and Vin we have people that say oh it's an it's a random like issue to do with these bills that they've passed or it's a it's an in all India but you know it it's about Sikh history and it's a it goes it stems from Sikhie and Punjab and the relationship with the center and obviously we we want to kind of let you know people listening kind of educate them on on how that is and why that is and so yeah like you said.
2: Yeah, I mean, like, so what's happening now, right? It's it's not just about economics or um, about farmers. Um, you know, although like, you know, Delhi's attempts to like sell Punjab's land and, you know, um, a lot of other regions um, to multinational corporations, that has been like the immediate flashpoint of this resistance, there's a much deeper context to, uh, uh, to this. It's about the fascist government um, heading an Indian state that's been w- working to culturally assimilate the subcontinent, um, and bring all power into Delhi and to centralize everything. And that's, you know, you hear that like in um, Kanwar Garewal's song, right? Like, Center like there's, there's this, um, there's an awareness of what this conflict actually is. And it, you know, you're hearing, um, like, through all the songs, and the the, the folk songs are, like, really key because they capture a lot of people's feelings, right? They resonate, right? Um, and that resonance is there in those songs that, like, this is, you know, um, a takkar, a clash with Dilli right now that's happening and the Dilli Taka to the Dilli sarkar. Um, you know, before you'd only hear it in certain circles where they talk about Tanna Shahi, like, you know, imperialism, but now, like, that's become, like much much more widespread in terms of language so this battle that we're seeing this recent eruption is part of this um, you know push to you know, push back against Delhi. um you know when they're kind of um, you know encroaching on punjab continuously and they're doing so with like the backing of you know all of their kind of western so-called western powers um and this like latest economic policy is tied within this larger project to create like a subdued, um, homogenized um, population, right? That's t- uh, like that's helpless and subject to the whims of the Hindutva state. So this is where, like, is talking about one nation, one language, one market. They want to bring everything under this, you know, oneness. And what that oneness is, like, we don't get to define it. it it's not echo and garden. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that oneness. This oneness is like, you know, um, Hindustan in it, Hindu Rashtar in it, like that's the oneness they're talking about. Um, and you see that as well, like through all of their rhetoric, right? Like everything that the Indian state says is like, um, you know, is drenched in that, you know, um, from them imposing Hindi, from them like, you know, giving preference to like Hindi majority um, states, like you know, um, with like Yo- the rise of Yogi Adityanand, right? Like this, yeah. like super fascist, like. Like, he's,
0: like called for, he's he's called for violence openly towards Muslims like this is I think he's it's the most populous state in India right that he's yeah. he's leading the guy's a nut job, plain and simple.
2: yeah, pretty much, pretty much I mean he's made some like really I think I think the politically correct people call them inflammatory speeches right. <laughs> but you're talking about like straight up riling um, right-wing Hindus for them to commit violence and atrocities um, against like lower castes against Muslims against Christians mm-hmm. um, so like this you know, this this it runs deep and what we're seeing now yeah. like it, you know it's, it's a manifestation of this deep um, see it conflict, and you see it with like you know their whole like you know uh, demonetization policies, um, you know their taxes that they're trying to impose, um, undermining Kashmir sovereignty, um, the whole Ram Mandir issue, you know all of these, um, you know are just reflections of the the characteristics of, of Delhi, and so this isn't just like about economic policy of the bills in isolation, although that is the immediate flashpoint, um, you know, and they they're trying to a lot of like the kind of Indian media and like the Indian kind of like political commentators are trying to declare this as like a, a secular morcha, right? Like it doesn't have religion to it. Um, one, one, yep. vo- go on, sorry. No, I was gonna
0: say, Yeah. Like when you say that, like what, what do you say to like myself and Vinny? Like I said, we have people come to us and they're like, you know, stop making it a sick issue. Stop making it, uh, you know, a religious thing. Like, what do you say to someone like that? Who, who, comes, uh, who comes to you and says that? Yeah, well, like a buddy you, of
1: mine, s- s- sorry to cut you off there, but uh, yesterday I had this conversation where he's like, "It's it. you have Haryana in this, you have UP, you have different states. It's not just Punjab B6.
0: Which, which is right? true. It, 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 is, it affects a exactly, broad they, range people. Exactly, they have people, some points there,
1: yeah.
0: But, like, obviously... I think, uh, you know, me and Vinny have had this discussion too, but I, I think it stems from Punjab and Sikhi. So, like, what, what would you say to someone who came and said that to you? You know, without, obviously, you can go into, like, we can, you can, I'm sure you can have conversations for hours, but, like, you know, someone who doesn't have that knowledge of Sikh history, like, h- how would you respond to them if they came to you and said that?
2: Um, like, definitely, like, you can't take Sikhi out of it um, at all. Um, you know, like, you know, it's people like I think one, one guy, um, you know, just preaching from your your, your guys' country in uh, Toronto, he summed it up and he was like, You know, people here, they're not coming here being inspired by Karl Marx, right? They're inspired yeah. by Guru, Guru Nanak, and yeah. that's like visible. I mean, like, there's nothing I need to say on that. You just need to listen to actually listen to the people in Punjab that are that are marching and hear their yeah. inspiration, you know, hear what inspires them from like young kids, um, to like elders. All talking about the same inspiration, and it's like Sikhi, um, you know. It's the they talk about the Shahidi of um, the gurus. They talk about like Punjab being the land of like you know the gurus and the Martyrs. They're marching under the nishansai. Um, so which, which
0: which which uh, I know. Just I heard your your last podcast uh, with on beers and veins, which which was you know good on them for having you and having that discussion. But uh, I think Vinny was it. What's his name? Rajewal. Rajewal was the Kassan yeah. the Union leader.
1: Yeah, so the president of the Party Kassan Union the other day, he made a statement saying, uh, remove the Nishan Sobs and have uh, the Nahang Six move from the forefront and move them to like the sides or some other camp out to the back or something. Right, And I think that hurt a lot of sentiment, Sikh sentiment. I was angered by that. What do you think about that statement that he made?
2: like offensive, you know, and like, I think the reaction speaks um, loudly, like he had to apologize for making that statement. Um, you know, it's a key that's driving people, it's Sikhi that's inspiring, like the langars, you know, people are gathered under the Nishan Saib, and, um, you know, this rhetoric of making it into a secular movement and trying to erase the Sikhi abe that comes from a certain place, it comes from the Indian media, it comes from, um, you know, like the, the Indian state's talking points. Um, for, you know, one example that really kind of captured where this rhetoric is coming uh, from for me was like um, Sukhbir uh, Badal's dad, right, Prakash Badal, he writes an open letter um, to the Indian government. Um, returning some award or something, basically trying to become relevant again, right? Because, you know, yeah. those main the political parties have been completely sidelined by this whole thing. So he writes this letter, and in that letter, he says this one line, he's like, I can assure you um, that every single protester has, like, uh, the secular character flowing through their blood or something, like, dramatic like that, right? Which is a completely, like, nonsense statement. Yeah. And this, yeah. It's a manufactured myth, right? Because... If you if you're secular, then it's like Indians fighting, you know, for India to like make India better and make democracy better in India. And if you take that kind of secular aspect out of it, then it's sex fighting against Delhi. And then you know, then that following that line, you go from okay, if it's sex, then they, you know, they're fighting for Delhi. Then they go, the issue of autonomy comes into it, the larger context of Punjab comes into it, then the context of our struggle against India comes into it, and that's the conversation they don't want you to have. That's the conversation that's yeah. like been like violently kind of pushed back. So when people say yeah. take Sikki out of it, like, it's, frankly, it's a very violent statement, right? Like because you know the last time people tried to do this was through genocide. Like there's there's no way you can take Sikki out of um, the equation, and it's a it's coming from a place of like weakness and like a victim mentality, and and also like a weird kind of awareness of the Indian state like people that say don't make this into a religious issue on some levels they're aware like the indian state violently responds to people right so they're trying to push this kind of thing that if you kind of stay within the democratic yeah. system then don't make it a religious issue maybe the laws will get kind of repealed right well
0: i think yeah. and uh, like people have like i think uh, just that whole idea you know bringing religion into because here, anyways, just what I've noticed, it, it's kind of ties in. Oh, if you bring Sikhi into, automatically you bring, Khalistan into it, and they're tra- they've tried to demonize that whole discussion. I mean, right, and they're even labeling all the the protesters, even though it's not just Sikhs, it's not just Punjab, but they're saying it's they're, it's Khalistanis, You know, even though you have people from all over India now uh, a part of this uh, protest, but they're trying to demonize that. And then, you know, in your personal experience, you know, I, I I when I tweet something like. I think twice about what I'm putting out there, right? Because you see what happened with uh, Juggy, you know, UK, born in the UK, you know, and and that fear, I mean, it sits there, it may not openly sit there in the forefront, but you think twice when you're doing something, right? And they've they've done a good job, I guess, of, you know, instilling that fear into people. Um, So, you know, I think a lot of people, when we have that discussion, that's in their heads. And so they're just like, oh, no, we don't even want to touch that. We don't even want to, like, let's just stay away from that, right? Uh, would you agree
2: or Yeah, definitely, definitely. And like that's the kind of trap that we're caught in on, on either sides, right? Like you've got like liberals and like, you know, um, individuals that are kind of committed to um like Indian politics and like um this idea of the Indian nation state, right? That is something that can be reformed. They want it to be secular, and then on the other side people are demonizing um, you know, like that this is tied uh, to militancy, extremism, all the rest of it. Um, and they're trying to vilify, vilify, like, you know, all the protesters. Um, and both of those kind of coming from from the same place, though, you know, like it, there's de- definitely an awareness um, of the violent nature of the Indian state. And there's definitely a lot of fear and a lot of trauma. I'm, I've heard people openly say to me, um, don't talk about Khalistan because, you know, you know what the Indian government's like, they're going to start shooting people. So there's definitely, like, an explicit awareness about this in our community. Like, we joke about this stuff, but we know plenty of uncles that say, well, I'm not going to say this because, you know, I'm at the India Janaya, right? And it's it's an open thing in our community. Like, people openly, you know, say that they're not going to talk about Khalistan. They're not going to talk about the Shaheeds. They're not going to talk about certain subjects because they want to go to India. So they're aware, like, the Indian state is, like, super vindictive. It's very arbitrary yeah. and how it can label someone, right? Um, there's a, they, they've demonized like the Sarup essentially, like the image of like a turban bearded man in particular mm-hmm. um, is, you know, associated with terrorism in like the Indian public persona, right? Like a certain type of turban as well, right? Like if you're wearing a gold star yeah you know, people look at you differently like especially people that have that kind of like you know indian mindset let's just
0: say well i mean they tried that here with uh jikmeet singh when he had his leadership run because he has the gold to start. they're like oh he's you know he, he they're trying to demonize the guy and it was like man like where does that even come from the guy's running for canadian politics it has nothing to do with what you're like you know what i mean they just happened to bring mm-hmm. that in so which is it, it's ridiculous um but uh vinny you when had a sorry
2: that comes from like um, like the Indian um, um, state's demonization, right? Like this yeah. this imagery tying a certain rhetoric to a certain body image of a sick, that originates from a very specific place. And the fact that that logic is now visible in like Canadian politics, and, and you know like the actors that are bringing those arguments in, right? Yeah. Like, um, individuals like, you know, that the guy who wrote a report uh, on the MLI Institute, I forgot his name. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so he wrote this report and one of the things he said was like one of the most like low-level comments you hear from like bot accounts uh, on Twitter where they're like, oh, if you want Khalistan, go make it in Pakistan. And this guy like wrote that as an argument. Like, he tried to panic out, like, <laughs> that was the argument. Pakistan, Jake Khalistan. Yeah. It's like, you don't know this argument. Clearly someone's <laughs> nonsense to
0: yeah. Straight up. Um, so today, I guess there was, uh, Vinny, the news this morning from the the, the protest, I think it was the single border. Um, uh, you wanted to ask some yeah. share about that. The, so just go ahead.
1: Uh, are we Okay. So basically, um, there was news this morning, early morning that, uh, Baba Ram Singh, um, he, sh- he shot himself. I think it was right. And there was a letter saying that, uh, that he's doing it in, in the hope that the government will take notice. Right. And that it'll help. And, um, there was, there was some, I would not say backlash, but there was some comments saying that he shouldn't have committed suicide, but then s- some people are saying that he's a he's a martyr, he's a shaheed Shahid because of this, right? Um, so my I think you have a lot of uh, knowledge in this area. Would you say that what he did, he's now a uh, shaheed for the sick you know,
2: like, that's been, like, an intense conversation that's been happening, like, for a lot of us today, I think, right? Firstly, it's, like, it's complex. Um, like, anything we say, we have to firstly accept that we're not there. Um, we, we don't understand fully, like, what their resistance is and those con- the conditions of that resistance, right? Like, everything we say, we're saying from the comfort of our homes, we're saying, like, detached from Punjab, Um, you know and like firstly we have to honour that right so anything we do say we can't be dismissive of individuals and that's been my you know biggest problem with a lot of people that have made comments like some of them very harsh comments um, about about Babaram saying about his death um, and like very like dismissive comments and I found that like really kind of like unfair you know and like really kind of unjust right Um, so the issue of like um, being a Shaheed Firstly, like that is a commi darja, right? It's, the, it's attached to like the, the feelings of the month. Like, it's not for me to say somebody is a shaheed or isn't a shaheed. Um, you know, I can have my own personal kind of uh, views on this, right? Like, for example, um, yeah. we have like, you know, Sukha Janda, right? Like the Indian government has tried to label these individuals like terrorists, right? But the government has labeled them shaheeds, right? Nobody can take that away from them, right? Nobody can, um, you know, undermine that in any way. So with Baba Ram Singh's Singh's death, some people have called it a a shaheedi. Personally, like, I'm kind of like, you know, I don't know. I don't really know. I'm still processing it, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. Um, but to call it yeah. a suicide as well, I think that's kind of unfair as well, because suicide is like using suicide has a very kind of strong connection to Christianity and a very kind of strong connection to like sin, right? So we're hearing a lot of people talking about like suicide is a sin, it's bad, this this isn't what a sick does, this isn't how sick resist and all the rest of it. But he uses language, he's very clear in the letter that he writes. Um, and that letter, for me, is very important. I think that letter should be our focus. And in that letter, he talks about, you know, the the unbearable um, oppression that he's witnessing against, like, the farmers. And he talks about, like, you know, Jay... Um, uh, Zulm karna zulm right? Like if to commit an action of oppression, if that is uh, um, a sin, right? Then um, withstanding that oppression that's also a sin. So he and then he talks about how like many people are committing different actions um, to show, um, you know, their their anger, their frustration towards the government, like, you know, their their solidarity essentially as well. Um, And he says, you know, some people are returning awards, some people are doing this. And he says, So he says, Atam is like Atma, like your life, your soul. Da is a word for like burning, for cremation, right? So he's saying, I'm, I'm, I'm burning, I'm cremating my body, I'm leaving my body and he, and two, uh, the reason why he says that is because he's like he's like, this is my voice against oppression so like, if you look at his words what he's saying, what he's thinking like, it's powerful right, there's, you can't that away from you know this individual, and so some people are saying, "Oh, maybe it's a mental health issue." And like I think personally, I think that's it. that's another unfair thing as well. Yeah, right. Like, look at his words. Look at what he's written. Um, we have to go by that. And then there are like you know uh, examples in our history as well where um, you know um people have like sacrificed themselves right so if we look at this through a lens of sacrifice rather than a lens of suicide i think is that the conversation is slightly different when we talk about suicide especially from like a, a, a government perspective it becomes a very kind of like um rigid conversation almost right it becomes about like questions of right and wrong and like at what's acceptable not acceptable and i think that is like it's a it's a it's a harsh kind of framework to look at this situation, um, you know. And now other people are talking about, oh, like you know, um, uh, you know, him doing this doesn't bother the Didi government, and like they don't care about it, and you know. But at the same time, like clearly, the people that are kind of undermining this as a non-sick kind of action, somebody who's like mentally weak, you know, couldn't hack mm. it wasn't brave enough or something like that that for me is like you know then clearly you're just as indifferent as the indian government to this individual then right yeah like, what has his like sacrifice in this moment like what can we take from this what can we learn from this uh-huh. like what is it asking us to do so like yeah um and
0: obviously you can like he's left a note so you kind of have to kind of take, take
1: that, take that from, into consideration take, take
0: take from that what you can like Uh, you can't just brand everything as oh like you said uh from a western judeo-christian lens and say it's suicide right i mean it's it's very different like you said we're sitting over here detached from punjab or what's happening on the ground so it's very hard for us it's not fair for us to judge plain and simple right so uh yeah because we've had we've had some heated conversations this uh this morning in uh whatsapp groups about this you know this news and you had like so we, we were like, oh, we've got to ask Shamshir, you know, his thoughts on this because it just happened, right? And we just found out this morning. So, um, but I guess, I guess-
2: like another model from our history, right? We have like um, Sant Fateh Singh, who is like the Sakali leader in like the, the 70s or whatever, right? And then he goes on, he makes this promise for the Punjabi Suba movement and like the demands of the Punjabi Suba movement, like for Chandigarh to become part of Punjab, for Punjab's linguistic rights and all the yeah. rest of it. And the government's not listening. And so he decides to do an ardas and says that he's going to keep a fast until the death. Um, and then if he doesn't, like, you know, um, and then he's going to basically uh, burn himself to death, right, if the mm-hmm. government doesn't to the demands. Indira Gandhi, like, convinces him that she'll listen. She obviously does and then backtracks. And then Darshan Singh Fairoman he calls out are saying, and he said, look, you've done an ardas to do something. You said until the government doesn't change its so, um, you know, until this doesn't happen, you're going to, you know, have a fast until death, right? Um, and like he then takes it upon himself and he says, you've done the ardas. now I'm going to take it upon myself to fulfill that ardas.' So then he takes a Maranavarta, right? Like a, a fast until death um, in order to yeah. like fulfill that. So... It's, it's a complicated area. Um, it can't be like, it can't be black and white. There has to be like nuance. Yeah. To the there has to be empathy as well.
0: 100%. And I think just getting back to the protest, like going back to the protest, how you said, it, it's not black and white. There, there's, it's, you know, it's very simplistic to see something right and wrong. There's so many things happening around. And with, with the whole, uh, you know, Punjab being, for me, this feels like, I feel as if, though, this is just, uh, you know, uh, another attack on Punjab, another attack on Sikhs, and now, essentially, you know, they, they can't send their military in and take our lands, so economically, they're annexing our lands by implementing these uh, new ordinances, uh, impoverishing the people of Punjab, and eventually, the Adanis and the Ambani's are going to control this land, who are aligned with Modi, right? That's, that's how I see it, anyways. Um, so, for me, it was like, okay, you know, this is, this is huge, this is so important, and I think I, th- I think, like, you see that with people, like, uh, just the way people are, you know, protesting, the way they've been, you guys got, like, Lakha Sadana, he's, he's, every, you know, I, I listen to him, because he makes a lot of valid points, and uh, Deep Sidhu is another guy that connects with the youth, uh, or guys, maybe, like, me, who don't have that extensive knowledge of Sikhi, so this is kind of, like, an entryway, but, like, it it's it's just so much more and then it, it, i guess it all stems from like partition the punjabi suba movement used like you've said the the water issues uh me and vin both just watched uh, final assault uh the, the documentary um, and it, I mean it t- kind of touched on everything but like the bunny issues you know you've you've taken our water I think Punjab is the only state in India that doesn't have distribution rights over its uh, river waters I don't know if, if I'm wrong just correct me but that's my understanding so I think 75 percent of our waters are diverted to like Rajasthan um, I think they're even trying to send it to Gujarat now uh, Haryana and and we've got water issues and that's our land that's like we're in you know agricultural state. And you know we all know, we all hear about the the pani you know dunga they're putting the boars in three four hundred feet like they're saying we're going to be a desert and now you're coming after the that very land right you've taken the water you've you trying to take our language you're trying to take our faith and now we're going to take your land right <laughs> I, I I can't see it any other way uh, and you know people try to say well look at it this way I'm like I, I can't because there's so, there's so much history there and it's just been a constant barrage of like slow attacks one thing or another right so um, I'm sure you would agree on this too right like I, I mean you, you have to go back into history and you know see all these things and maybe you can touch on on these issues in more detail of how that's kind of built up to the situation we have today I guess
2: I mean, I think, like, a lot of people would agree with you. I mean, it's they're clearly on the streets of Delhi, right, because they they see it how, I guess, we're seeing it, right? Um, and, and that's been one of the kind of threads of the narrative of the Indian state is that these farmers are uneducated. The problem is that they don't understand the laws, um, you know, and, you know, that's been part of the kind of outrage as well when, like, you know, um that the protest and this kind of movement has been quite tenacious and quite organized and you know they've had like you know pizza and like foot massages and like gyms set up and you know they've got tents set up and everything and like and I think that's part of that kind of this outrage that the you know the conservative Indians are feeling that why is you know this protest um, so tenacious? You know? I'm sorry I'm just hearing a bit of interference of that's me. Okay. But yeah, so like that's been one of the kind of outrages, right? Like why are these guys like so tenacious? Why why do they speak English? Why you know, why aren't they these uneducated, you know, simple village folk that we've kind of heard about, right? Um, through Bollywood, that the stereotype that they're used to, they usually they're used to this like aggressive, irrational Sardar sort of, or like this happy go lucky Sardar sort of, character, right? And they and they're not seeing the caricatures, they're seeing how we see Punjab they're seeing this courage, this resilience, they're seeing like a power, an attitude of like a defiance, right? So I think that is like a big kind of shock um, for the people on the kind of, uh, the other end of the Morcha, let's
0: say. Because there's like, been like the, I mean this issue like again it doesn't just affect Punjab, like you've had attempted protests I think uh, Vinny, was it, uh, is it UP? I think it was UP when they came and they, they drank their own urine and they they were eating rats, and they basically Modi just said, you know, get out of here. We don't care what you're doing, right? Like, and now it's it's a little, it's a little different now. You've got six coming to Delhi, and it they're not going back, right? They're not like, you know what I mean, right? Yeah, yeah. I think
1: I think it was uh Tamil. Is that Tamil? Oh, Tamil. That sorry. Yeah. Dhamu, yeah. Tamil yeah, 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 yeah,
0: Nadu. Yeah.
2: yeah. So, like this, like the thing is, there is like you're saying, like there is this larger. Um, context here and you see it it's visible in the way people speak right so when people talk um, on these stages when you have these like powerful kind of moments of oration when like you know Punjab Sikh is kind of narrating you know what's brought them to this point you see all of those issues come up right like you know our bully our funny our development our autonomy and the demands keep kind of building right um and you see that like um, more so before this kind of where we are now um, uh, in Delhi with like this kind of centralized stage that's managed by the farmer unions you see it more you see it in the songs clearly yeah like, you know that's right right it's, it's there um, and you see it in uh, shambhu morcha so shambhu morcha was that kind of the a parallel space that was created um, that was like very decentralized. There was no like leadership. There was no like agenda. There was just like, a space that was created for um, you know the Sangat to come together to talk about um, this unfolding struggle for the you know the Kasan and for their rights. And this has been happening for like months, right, before this march to Delhi. And that's where this mobilization towards Delhi comes from. is from Shambhu because the farmers' unions. They didn't want to march um, to the league. They, they didn't. Did, they,
0: that, they didn't want to go to the league.
2: No, nah, they didn't want to go to the league because they don't want to conflict with the
0: league. Yeah, because um, they're, they're they're you know they're comrades, right? Am I right? For the most part, the the leaders of they, these they're, unions.
2: They're diverse. They're a diverse bunch. Some of them are comrades. Some of them are like you know very like kind of uh, uh, very kind of rigid in their like political ideology. They, yeah. they don't want to be part of it. Um, and yeah definitely that's part of it but they're they're a, they're a diverse group they also have their own kind of like differences and internal struggles yeah. with each other not like one kind of homogenous group um and the same way with like what kind of came from Sh- uh, shambhu like that's where like deep siddhu lakasadana like kind of emerged like these two powerful voices amongst others as well other voices became quite prominent and powerful within shambhu morja and they kind of
0: well, I was gonna say, what are your thoughts on like just like Deep Sidhu and uh, La Casa Like, you know, your your personal views on how, their uh, involvement in the uh, in, in in the protests and what they're doing today? Like, what do you what are you just? Uh, I'd like to hear that because I think a lot of younger people like that's who they listen to or like try to connect with. So, you know, what are your thoughts on them?
2: So yeah, on these two guys, like. I mean, they're, like, so important to what's um, happening right now. They're so important to the dynamic. Um, One of the kind of issues that I've had with how um, we're kind of viewing things and engaging with the whole conversation in the diaspora has been, like, this prioritization given to everything that's in English, right? So there's a couple of um, individuals that are on the ground there that have been, like, tweeting in English. Um, and their feeds are like, you know, m- given like a lot of like, um, credit and a lot of weight, like these are like uh, voices, authentic voices from the ground, their voices with an English account, right? They can speak English. Like that's why they've been given so much comments by the diaspora. And it's like kind of amazing well because like a lot of their critiques and a lot of their kind of background is like it doesn't have any depth to it. Like there's literally just, you know, giving you like a kind of breakdown of what's happening. Um, they're very kind of like um, like pro-Indian union and pro kind of India. Uh, and They're really, really kind of anti-Khalistan as well. Um, and basically that kind of relationship with what's happening on the ground erases like all of the conversation happening in Punjabi. Um, and that's where, like you know, the voices are like Deep Sidhu, Lakshadana, like there's so many other uh, voices that are speaking in Punjabi, um, that like really give you a sense of what's happening because you're not hearing someone else's kind of interpretational filter; you're hearing from the people. So, like in that kind of context, Deep Sidhu, Lakshadana, like they're really, really key because, um, like Deep Sidhu um, in particular, his role in this whole thing like has drastically changed the entire dynamics like him and lakasadana um have become like um almost like representative of like this um parallel power base right they've become voices like, the youth and the sanghat right and so deep system makes one comment um when the farmer unions have one of their kind of meetings um uh, like this was before they went to Delhi Um, and had a meeting, I think it was in Chandigarh or somewhere. And like they had a meeting with the government and they went and they ate the food that the government provided. They had like the lunch or whatever. So Deep Sidhu then makes an issue about it. He's like, you guys are farmers. You're meant to be like unions and you go there and eat the government's food and you come back. And then like, you know, what is this? And then there was an interview with one of the the leaders of, of the farmer union and he complained about this. And, you know, these guys are also like, oh, Deep Sidhu cannot speak from the stage there and all the rest of it. So he, that, that leader from the farmer union, he complained about that and he said, look, you know, who is Deep Sidhu to tell us, you know, to not eat the government's food? Why are they making such a big deal out of it? This is not, this is a minor issue, it's a non-issue. And then the same guys are like, you know, um, now aware that this isn't going to run anymore. So when they had their next meeting and we know what happened then, right, became this whole international media sensation about how the farmers bought their own food and they didn't eat the government's food. And it's like if you were left up to your own devices, you would have sat around that table and, and munched that five star, you know, dinner. Right. Because Deep pulled you out on it. And that now you can no longer behave in the way that you are accustomed to behaving when you you think that the negotiation should happen in a certain way right so they're like these also like put it on them that these negotiations that are taking place need to happen in front of the sanghat in public like that's where they should be happening because our position is that the laws need to be repealed there's essentially not a lot to negotiate on um so what is it that you need to have like three day long meetings with the government you need to have them in public and the farmers union are kind of like tied into this whole kind of um rigid system of no we got to sit around the table you're doing a meeting you got to have like you know this meeting set up and it's a very kind of top-down hierarchical authoritative kind of way right like the, the state wants you to get caught up in that stuff right the state doesn't want to see like you know, 10,000 people turn up um, to, with a demand. Like, that was one of the first complaints that the government put towards the farmers' unions, right? There's too many of you. Like, you need a, a elect a panel of, like, 5, 10, 15 people that represent all of you hundreds of thousands. Like, that was one of the first issues, right, that the government put, pulled up.
0: The uh, You guys can hear me now, right?
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: Okay, good. so I, I didn't have my mic plugged in, actually, my actual mic, so... <laughs> But uh, I told you, I'm not technically very good at this, but I'm learning. Anyways, uh, like th- wait, when you say like the like the farmers unions, just going back historically, what has their role been? Like I know with the Anandapur uh, Resolution and all that, What which side have they been on? Just so we can get an understanding, like, are, the, are these people that we we can trust, essentially? Or are these people that need eyes on them 24-7 and they need to be watched When they're doing something, especially right now, when they're, when they're in those meetings with, with uh, the central government, like what, what's historically where they've been and like, can we trust them? Or like, do we need to have our eyes on them? Or is there like factions amongst those groups, you know?
2: Yeah. I mean, so like. Firstly, like, you know how we may view unions here, like, you know, as these kind of radical bodies that, you know, are really kind of committed to like socialism and like are about workers' rights and about challenging the government and all the rest of the stuff, right? Like the way kind of unionist politics are viewed here, especially in the UK. Um, and I know it's kind of similar in North America as well, right? They're seen as, like, radical, and they're seen as progressive. They're seen as, like, anti-establishment. Um, and you know the unions that are pro-establishment, right? Like, it's, it becomes very obvious when you're in that world. So th- that dynamic isn't, you know, translatable um, to India, unfortunately. So the unions um, end up becoming facilitators a lot of the time, um, you know, to a kind of, put the government's um objectives and you know they end up kind of you know cooling down the movement and they end up becoming like this co-opted entity and that happens a lot here as well to be honest um and it happens in a lot of places where there's kind of tensions between, like, you know, capitalist, imperialist state and, like, workers, right? Um, so when the unions kind of fail in, in their role, it results in, like, the stagnation that we've seen over the last, like, 35 years um, when it comes to Punjab. Um, you know, the farmers issue, issue agrarian issues, water right issue, the issue around the MSP, um, issue around, like, karja mafi, like, debt um, forgiveness for, like, farmers – none of these issues have been like successfully dealt with by the unions like, so, so, really so, in my
0: history so what have they done like you know what what good are they essentially like do, do they have a role to play still like You know what I mean? Like, what is their purpose then in all this? If they haven't been able to deliver, like we see the state of affairs in Punjab, especially the agriculture sector, like, you know, people say, oh, the green revolution. But you look into it. I mean, that was probably the worst thing that could happen to Punjab. Right. And we're feeling the effects of it with cancer, stillbirths, uh, suicides, you know, the body issues. And uh, you mentioned this. uh, Yeah. You mentioned this in your the last one I was watching, but which I didn't even know was like, you know, some of the crops, like the Chorna is not indigenous to Punjab, like we shouldn't, and that uses so much more water, yeah. which is drained. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that like, and I learned that and I was like, what the hell? I, I had no clue this, like, that was the case. Uh, I've been always like, oh, the green revolutions, where the, you know, the granary of India, like where, yeah. But like, <laughs> look at us now, right? Like, and so what have these unions done? Like, if they haven't done any, they clearly haven't done anything as from, my, from what I can tell and what I know right now, right?
2: I think that you wouldn't be alone in that sentiment, Um, you know, um, their role has definitely not been as confrontational or as effective as it should have been, Um, you know, especially when it comes to like these two kind of clear issues. One is like the MSP, so the minimum support price, which is like a subsidy subsidy price set by the Mm -hmm. government for crops. Um, and that isn't paid like on a regular basis, like for all the time, pretty much. If you're a farmer, you're not getting the MSP, you're getting less than the MSP, roundabout the MSP, but never the MSP, right? Um, so the farmer unions haven't been successful in that. They haven't been successful in um, you know eliminating corruption from the AEPMC Mundi system, whatever it is, right? like the, the government backed kind of marketplace. Um, they haven't been successful in um, securing, like, uh, regulations around pesticide use. They haven't been successful in um, preventing the draining of Punjab's, like, water table. They haven't been successful in raising their voice against, like, the introduction of, like, high yield seeds and, like, you know, the mechanized farming that's that kind of undermined Punjab's agriculture. Um, they haven't been successful in, like, you know, the the main issue of,
0: like, our money, right, our water rights. So (laughs) So they haven't been successful in anything, it seems like. Yeah, and and
2: the debt, and the debt. One right. right. of their issues was like um, to get the farmers' debts forgiven that they had taken loans from the government when their crops have failed or their crops have been like um, hit. by a real while back, sure people might have seen it on the news. There was a cotton crop. Uh, There's like a cotton belt um, farming. In Punjab There's a lot of cotton as well, and that was hit by a pesticide. Uh, sorry it was hit by a pest and um, you know a lot of that crop um, was essentially like destroyed, um, destroyed yeah um, and like you know they they couldn't get like the debt marked for for those farmers um, so like they they've been like and it's harsh like, and I don't want to be like you know that critical of the farmers unions because yeah. I'm sure they they're operating within a, a system that wants them to fail. Yeah, you know, every opportunity. But at the same time, if it was up to the farmers' union, we wouldn't be more in Delhi right now. They would have settled. They wouldn't have stuck on this demand, which is now the Sangat's demand. Yeah. Like the farmers' unions are essentially, they're for, they're in a position of leadership, but they're not the leadership. They're not the leadership. You're yeah. not the leadership. And that's clear. Like I mean, like when Gridasman gets refused to speak on stage, a very clear, like you that's undeniable, right? Like it's not the it's not their stage.
0: You know, That was, here you that re- was great. That was great. I was very <laughs> you know yeah. I that. was
1: kinda torn. I kinda felt bad for him at the same time, but I, I get it. I well, get we, well, we grew up I listening what, to his
0: music. It is my dad's favorite yeah. singer, and he's he doesn't even want to hear it right now. So when I bring it up that Gerdasman's cut, he's just like
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> he turns the other way. Right? It's hard for him <laughs> to, to see uh, to understand that. But uh, you know, that's what?
2: No quite- for me, man. That he is this guy's chilling with KPS Gill, so I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. sit
0: your hey. ass back down. Yeah, it's <laughs> like you're done, bud. You can't. Uh, <laughs> you just, you, yeah. And
1: that that goes back to show how powerful. Well, how big luck lakka and uh, deep are getting because lakka called him out i think and that's where a lot of people are like yeah Girdasman, you know what no screw you yeah and like and it shows as well right like what lakka
2: and deep um the role they're kind of playing the kind of the position of leadership that they're in they're not acting like we are leaders for them their role as leaders is to empower people and that's what the best type of leadership does, right? Like, so he's not like Lakkar is now the repository of knowledge and he is the authority. Like, that's amongst yeah. all, all the Sangat, right? He, he, yeah. He's sharing that knowledge. Everything he's doing, he's doing in the open. So uh, the Lakkar's position is the position of the people around the people, him and yeah. the, the wider Sangat, right? So that's where the farmers' unions are kind of, like, caught in between, like, a rock and a hard place is like, you know, the goda here have taught me to say, but like, you know, the, the, you got the government on one end and you got like the, the mass of people on the other end. And, the unions can't back down. Like there is no backing down, and yeah. if it was up to them, honestly, what we would see right now is the government saying, "You know what? We're going to repeal the laws. We're going to form a specialist commission. We're going to bring on some leading economists and you know some people from the farmers' unions, and we're going to do a three-year process of like slowly kind of figuring out what these laws are doing. Yeah. And three years time, people forgotten about the issue. Next thing you know, like you know the role, the laws are kind of you know." Uh, they're, they're enacting, and people—they're yeah. just, yeah, they're just gonna
0: waste time till at that point. You know, people are—they don't got the financial means to last that long, right? Like by that time, it's like <laughs> the Jameen's gonna be yeah. gone.
2: Some, some interesting commentary I saw right I can't remember um, who it was but it was like a, um, I think it was like a, uh, an Indian kind of journalist and he was talking about how in um, Sheena Bagh when like the Muslims are pro- uh, protesting against the CAA laws the, he, um, he was like you know Delhi was dealing with like these urban um, you know people like workers essentially right yeah. and they were, like these. they couldn't protest for like weeks on end because they would like literally they need wages to like survive and he's like now you're dealing with people that aren't urban, uh, urbanites, right? You're dealing with like, you know, Jimmy. Yeah.
0: You
2: guys are come with six months food, right? They, 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 it's yeah. a game. they don't work nine to five, right? Like you're a Jimmy dar, like it's a different lifestyle. You're not like tied to a desk where, you know, so you got to turn up and clock in and get paid, right? You yeah. Know? you harvest harvesting you are see you you're you're dealing in you're working in seasons yeah. right not, absolutely
1: <laughs> and, and that
0: and that's and i think i wanted to actually ask you about like or just bring that up is like the importance of land ownership right like because y- otherwise i think I, I this is another comment somebody and he wasn't saying it in a in- insulting way but he was saying like if this happens like we're going to be the ones going to bihar and working like you know mm-hmm. the biharis are coming here and doing these works because they, they're not able to uh um you know they don't have land they don't have that at MSG, yeah, yeah where yeah they don't have that ability now and he goes that's going to be the state of Punjab if this if this if these ordinances continue like we're going to be going to uh Bihar then right <laughs> like, also,
2: to, 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 the, like, this is the thing right so couple of issues right like firstly um this has been happening to us for a long time That's why my family, who's a land-owning family and has been for generations, my mom left Punjab to come and work in a factory here in the UK. And there's so many of our parents that we left Punjab um, to come and work in like lumber mills and drive Mm -hmm. taxis drive trucks right and like like work as cleaners and like do any job that you could get right like when my dad came he worked as a janitor right so we they did any job that they could get they left Punjab they left like that lifestyle they left their land um, because of this forced migration because like it became very difficult to secure a future in Punjab and there's some people that decided to leave there's some people that decided to fight and there's some people that decided to stay right yeah and like to kind of make do with the situation now the people that have stayed that have survived the genocides have survived like um, civil war and insurgency are now like facing that same choice again right like are Mm. we now like you take my village for example like half of the village like you know is in canada like the youth are in canada so one thing we're not talking about right is like this dynamic why are we seeing so many elders and so many like elder people like uh, babe and Bipi, right? And like really young kids. Where is that kind of Giovanni age gone, right? The vast, a lot of yeah, a lot it of. here in Canada and in the nah. UK, right? So we, we, this process of like forced migration from Punjab to earn a better wage and, and make a better life for ourselves has been happening for a long time. And so like when my parents came here, they came with the intention that one day they'll go back. Go back home.
0: Home. But that one day never came, right? Yeah, and, and I guess like how you said, like the, how they're not clocking in nine to five, they're not worried about getting fired. When you have that ability, that's when you can think, and, and you see why why six were so progressive. I don't, why was you know the empire Ranjit Singh so progressive? It's like when you're when you're when you're essentially control or you're your own boss or whatever you want to call it. Like you have your own jameen, you can then you have time to think about other things you have time to like kind of grow. Whereas, you know, they're forced to work here. It's all about working and you're clocking in, clocking out. You don't have time to think about anything else. And I think that also affects, uh, you know, when you see people, the youth here who me as well, you know, when I grew up, I didn't know anything about Sikhi really, you know, parents both work two jobs, whatever it is, right. There's no time. And that time is so valuable. Like, and I kid you not, I I thought, I thought Gandhi was great when I was young. I, I thought Indira Gandhi was like, I write a book on her. Like I bought a book when I was a kid. And then like when I got access to information and knowledge and time to go, I was like, holy, like I, I would demonize. I would agree with those people that said, oh, why did Santa Amalag, like, you know, he was a terrorist. Like I would be, like, yeah. But as soon as I learned and I had access to that information, I had time to go and learn. I was like, oh, wait a minute. Like this is. You know, I don't want to swear, but that's fucked up, right? Like, like plain and simple. Like, you know, I've, I've been misled or I just didn't know. I didn't have access to that information. That comes back to your point of being the Jimmy dar owning that land, being able to kind of control your own destiny, I guess, right?
2: Um, and so, like, so that, that that's the other thing I want to talk about, like this, this idea of land ownership, right? Yeah. So that changes with, like, the British colonizer. Before that, we didn't have a notion of land ownership. We had a notion of, like, stewardship. Of like living yeah. in harmony with the land, so it was not. Like, Your Joe owes, uh, owns like five hundred acres, and like Vinnie has like twenty acres, and I've got like five acres. It wasn't like that. It was really? collective. Yeah, the Kirtarpur was collective, man. It was a commune, right? And yeah. like because we, especially if you're looking at it from a Gorsik frame, right, and mm. a Gorsik of existence, yeah. like. The, the, the desire wasn't to accumulate wealth. Like, that wasn't the goal, right? And that wasn't why we existed. Everything was communal. Dig, dig, fate right? Like, you know, so much period of our history. We lived in jungles. We ate collectively. This is why langar is like, you can't take langar out of us. We, you do anything to us, our first response is langar because it's so deeply ingrained within our spirit. Like, the police were beating these guys and their response was, let's give them langar they because, do. right, this is what we do. And like, but, and... And Sorry, just other-
0: just to interrupt before you go, but I was going to say like at the, in Delhi, people are now the poor. They're being fed. They're being looked after. They've got, you know, shelter. The women are not worried about getting, you know, harassed or like, you know, they're protected. Like yeah. they're, the, the people are better off now because of these protesters there. They're looking after them. Right
2: massively massively you know like one of the most moving things I've seen is like this uh, footage of um, some uh, children like that like homeless basically it would be made homeless by like centuries of Brahmin domination like you know these low uh, so-called lower caste individuals that have been just marginalized abused neglected treated like less than human mm-hmm. like you know, watching clips of these children you know, saying that like they're eating so well for like some of them for the first time in their lives. And yeah. they're not only really eating well, they're taking food home with them. Like nobody's like saying you can't have this or you can't eat here, you can't do that. And they're not used to like that. Right. So like seeing that for me, it was just like, oh, this is like, wow. you know, this is the karpah of the guru. Yeah, it's right?
0: like, amazing.
2: We let them know we're here in more, more ways than one. Right. And mm-hmm. like yeah. This is what they're afraid of. They're afraid of this like way of life, man, because the key challenge is that notion. And and what we're seeing right now in Delhi is we're seeing a decentralized, autonomous Sikh structure. Everything is there. Food is there. The education is there there's your our own security is there um there's gyms there there's you know bubber culture, put massages there's like khalistani pizza like it's full on khalasaraj right on like these yeah. guys going nowhere
0: <laughs> yeah no it, it's definitely uh, it's amazing to see and like yeah you, you you don't see that in any pro i've never seen a protest wow. where they've essentially set up and they're looking after others instead of worried about themselves, even with the Black Lives Matters poster uh protests in, in, in the States. Yeah. You've never seen anything like the, this kind of protest. And you have hin- like the Haryan Vs, like the there's there's Hindus, there's Sikhs, there's Muslims. They're they're like we're all together. Like they're like we They're think, coexisting, yeah. Yeah. They're like we're brothers, right? Like <laughs> which is which is awesome to see. And 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 that's with, you know, everyone's, you know, the Nishan Sabs there. Everyone's got their own thing. They're they're all together, right? Which is when someone says, Oh, you know, we don't wanna make this a religious issue, we don't want to make it a sick Hindu issue, it's like those protesters includes Hindus and they're sleeping together, they're protesting together, you know, they're they're all together on this thing. So we should support that and we should learn why that is. Mm-hmm.
2: You know and also, you know, like the the, the same people that say we don't wanna make this into a sick if you're a religious thing, they're the same people that will be sharing the hell out of the memes when it's like, Oh, you beat us and we feed you and you know, they're like they're proud of that, right? They're like yeah. super proud of the sick response and the, the lungard and everything and just the way everyone's taken care of. And it's like, what is inspiring that? What's driving that? Is it mm-hmm. key? is definitely not hinduism is not christianity is not islam is not the secular nature of the indian state the idea of Sarab sarvasanjivalta this is like the blessing from the guru to us so we see divinity in all of creation we don't have a notion of a kafir or a heretic or you know a shudra we don't have that you know um, idea within us. For us, we see literally a Kalapurak why grew in everything. And this is how we're wired as as sex, right? Like we don't see these divisions of power. We sit on the floor. We all eat together. It's all communal. You know, we're all chipping in, you know, and, and it gets done. And and this is one of, um, there's a comment here from uh, Punjab, like the, the editor of Sikhs, that we did like this Panthi Punjab thing. And, and he was saying, he was like, um, You know, the government did not know how to respond because to them, they were like, well, what are you going to do, right? You're going to come to Delhi and you're going to freeze on the streets. They couldn't conceptualize that Sikh would would create, because the government's like, oh, what are you going to do? What are you going to eat? Where are you going to sleep? How are you going to pay? How are you going to look after 10,000 people? Sooner or later, these guys are going to turn up and they're going to turn around. They're going to go back home. They can't conceptualize like a Sikh will, you know, create, all of the things that they need. And then like, there's one song and they are like, oh, um, like, you know, you, you, were, you thought you were so high and mighty and like, yeah. Ranjit. I think there's a Ranjit Baba.
0: One. Uh, yeah. They had to be cold. man. It's like, yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. Well, I guess we'll talk, uh, maybe just a couple more. I don't want to take too much of your time. Uh, I know it's late there, but, um, uh, Vinny, if you anything that you, uh, you we've missed that you want to bring up, there's a couple things I just want to discuss before we uh, you know wrap up. But uh, Vinny, go ahead.
1: No, nah, man, it's uh, I'm actually learning a lot, man. I've uh, it's an honor to have Shamsheer body here, and uh,
0: yeah, 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 it's. Uh, nope. ab- I guess like uh, before we wrap up and then, uh, Vinny, you can tell, you can tell us and share how happy you are to have him here. Let me finish up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, no, go ahead. Go on with your questions. I guess go- one of the things is like, how are you, how do you, the, the response in the diaspora and, you know, people doing these car rallies, people, it, you know, even just post like people, I, I notice on my social media, people who have never posted anything secure related every day, there's something to do with the protest and, whether it's a protest, but you see sometimes there's like Sikhi, like all well, the Sikhi's in the protest, right? So you see these things, like, what are your views on uh, the response from the diaspora and, you know, the the generation that's born in, in whatever you want to call it, the West? Like, what? how do you feel about that so far? And then where also do you think, like, what more can we do? And what should we continue to do, I guess, to kind of support this uh, movement? So, like,
2: what's been happening is, like, really kind of checked us right in a, in a really big way, I feel. Cause I think before we were like caught up in our lives, a lot of people were, um, you know, they're caught up in their kind of own kind of individual pursuits and like, you know, Punjab is like something that's far away, something that's maybe backward, something that, you know, there's a relationship with through like, um, consuming, right. Like culture, music, or, you know, or a touristy kind of relationship for a lot of people, mm-hmm. uh, but it's really kind of checked us and it's reminded us of who we are like we're sick and we're from Punjab and like that means something to us and and I think that thing what it means to us we've seen like all over the world wherever there's like a sick population right they've they've made it known they've made it known they've turned up at like you know the Indian embassies from Vancouver Mm -hmm. Toronto to you know uh, UK to like Germany to you know wherever, right? Australia, all over the world we've turned up, you know, in force to the Indian embassies, like, you know, like, you know, to c- kind of capture some of that, you know, um, energy and be part of it and like and let let the world know essentially, right? Like yeah. we stand for something and and that's been a powerful thing to be a part of, to witness, to like, you know, um, it's encouraging to yeah it's massively encouraging right. and Cause, yeah. because because you,
0: your guys is like you guys the your, your organization i mean essentially you guys are educating uh teaching people about sikhi the culture and right this is kind of i guess like it's put it into it's like nos right it's accelerated everything so it must be encouraging for you to see that just that whole process just accelerate, and then the work you guys can do with the NSYF as far as educating people, right? It just accelerates everything. So I mean, it, mu- it must be really encouraging to see that. Um, I, I'm inspired by it. Like I got like cousins messaging me about like things who never even cared to ask about things, and it's like this. Oh, I'm gonna look into this. So it's like, and then even for me, it's like I Vinny as well. Like we, we were just wanting to learn more, more, dig into it deeper, and see where this you know learn our history, yeah. learn who we are and you can
1: even tell by our uh, by our first podcast uh, where we started talking about the Kassan protest right and uh the amount of response we had it's like people are actually interested in people
0: yeah we, we people. did we did with the second one we did we just talked about which which the original purpose of the podcast was to get together and talk nonsense just the boys right that one is like not even close to the, the one where we touch on the Kassan protest we touch on sikki like people are messaging, people are ex- like, you know, they're, they're happy to see that discussion happening. So, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's good to see. It's, it's really good to see. And hopefully like, what do you do? Do we just keep going? Like, how do we, me sitting here, Vinny sitting here in Canada, like what, what do we do to keep, like, do we just keep doing what we're doing now? Like what, what's the next step? Like, where do we go?
2: I think that's where the conversation needs to kind of shift at the moment. And I think at the moment, like uh, our relationship with Punjab and like this morcha it needs to move um, beyond being kind of transactional, right? Like because we're in the West, we value ourselves and our lives and our time and everything more, right? We just think we're better um, because this is what white supremacy has taught us. We're closer to the West, so we must be better, right? So, you know, that needs to change like massively, um, you know, we need to like center like Punjab, we need to center those voices, there's like incredibly powerful work that's happening there that has been happening for a really long time. So that transactional relationship, and we've seen it like in the beginning, a lot, right, and then we still see it now as well. Um, and th- that's been kind of one of the most frustrating aspects of this whole thing for me um, you know is this whole thing of like you know turning the Punjabi Kassan into victims and being like oh you know our poor fathers and like our you know withered old people are walking around getting beaten by police and they need money let's give them blankets let's give them like socks so I don't know like whatever like you know people in the west think that that's what they need and they're like yo we've got six months of food we've got like our rajanya like you know we're good we don't really need like money monetary resources right yeah uh, so then people have started like you know going above and beyond that and then donating to like charities and the charities are like look we don't need like money right because it becomes like an easy thing to do yeah. right like I've, yeah. some money, I've contributed i've done something now um more than that we need to like change our relationship with the punjab we need to make it much much deeper um and then the other thing is like we've seen like um, a lot of kind of expressions of solidarity from politicians like, you know, from Sikh backgrounds, um, you know, all over the world, like, you know, the NDP there, like, you know, Labour Party people here. Um, and they've made these kind of like, you know, statements of solidarity.
0: Yeah. What that, we that, haven't seen sorry, just, uh, I'll just, I'll let you finish up and then I wanted to touch on that point with the, the government response from the West. So I'll let you finish and then we'll just, I'll, I guess I'll ask my question after.
2: Sure. But what we haven't seen is explicit condemnation of the Indian state. Like, that's what we need. Like, yeah. we need to create the pressure where, you know, these politicians, these individuals that, like, claim to represent the community, um, you know, feel that pressure from us as the grassroots, that you guys need to say more. You can't they- just, like solidarity and be like oh that's it i'm done hashtag sick lives matter hashtag farmers forever like you can't you know that's not enough you need to explicitly condemn india you need to talk about the context like that's really important um and also like the language right and that's been another one of my frustrations as well like every day is like trying to explain to people there's no such thing as an indian farmer like what is an indian farmer but, you know, I don't yeah. speak Indian, I don't wear Indian, I don't eat Indian. I'm not from India. You know, I don't have Indian culture, right? Mm-hmm. Like if somebody asked me to speak Indian, I'd find that offensive, right? Because I speak yeah. Punjabi, I, you know, I and eat it, Punjabi food, yeah.
0: And you and I think a lot of people in India, whether they're, you know, it's got 18 official languages, how many dialects, like you, you drive two hours east, you've got different culture, different food, you go two hours south northwest right you it's like essentially it's a sub- subcontinent it's just a conglomerate of countries uh put together yeah. under one umbrella right so even the people uh, there will tell you like the Tamils want their own language everybody's got they're trying to protect their own identity and their cultures and so yeah what is indian i guess nobody knows
2: (laughs) right like like the word comes from the imagination of european colonizers they see like a bunch of brown people and they're like well you guys are indians and they go to like north america and they're like oh more brown people you are also indians so like it's it's a completely made up term right like from their imagination there's in punjabi we don't say indian indian isn't a hindi word it's not a punjabi word it's a flipping a literal english european word right so like that
0: <laughs> was <a big laughs> i was going to say the only time that ever came in handy was when you're young and you're trying to get into places where you shouldn't with a, so another indian's id cuz you all look alike right They just put yeah. you under <laughs> one umbrella but uh,
2: that's where it comes from right like that thought process right like so for me that's been one of the one of the big frustrations is like yeah. watching organizations particularly here in the uk like Sikh organizations that have been I have personally told multiple times stop using this language of Indian farmers like you know they're like but it's all farmers in India and everybody's resisting it's like well that's not the reality you know the Punjab Punjab's farmers are on the vanguard every picture I've seen in every newspaper talking about Indian farmers has pictures of our elders of Sardar. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. like everything we have seen, like in the international media, so this a notion of like Indian, you know, farmers, Indians resisting against Indian laws, like it erases like so much. So like that's a big one, like holding our orgs accountable on their terminology, because yeah. that's a big thing we can do here in the West is like narrative, right? Yeah, that holding it down, and and I've seen like you know, like um, Rupi Gore's article came out today where she talked, uh, she centered like Punjab, like specifically. Yeah. And, she, and that's a big thing because she has yeah. a big audience, right? Yeah. Yeah. This is the poet? Yeah. You really call it the poet, right? Yeah. I mean, like her article was good. Like, you know, it, it touched a lot of bases. And for me, like, it made one uh, omission that personally, like, you know, it's like a political thing, um, you know, she talked about... Um, sick genocide, so like she labeled the entire kind of period from like the 80s to the 90s as like sick genocide. Um, and that kind of erased all of the resistance of the Khalistan and, and mm-hmm. you know, I don't know what her own kind of view is and like what her kind of politics or where she kind of stands on that or how she sees that, but like you know, to kind of like label that entire period a genocide is it's a massive disservice, you know, like, um, and like it's yeah. so also another yeah. kind of of frustration because sikhs weren't just being killed they were fighting back there was yeah. huge amount huge resistance yeah. and and that resistance you know if we're talking about bravery and courage and standing up to tyranny then like you know indira gandhi is like you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i mean i guess that's
0: like that's the importance of having these discussions right someone listens to that they hear that and they, they've maybe never heard it before. Now they're going to look into it. So just continuing the discussions, keep bringing these issues to the forefront uh, are super important. And just lastly, I wanted to, uh, you kind of touched on it, but the response from the Western government, specifically we're in Canada, you're in the UK. You have, uh, I think it's your foreign minister, Dominic Rob or whatever his name is. I, I don't know if I'm saying it right, but he's in Delhi right now, um, you know, negotiating with the Indian government. And I saw an interview, uh, I think it was on NDTV, with him and uh, you know the guy interviewing him is just like oh you know you got these done. he doesn't even he he just kind of oh no you know in the UK we have to let people peacefully protest. Like he's calling like he's not even saying anything. He's there negotiating. He's they're not Khalist or you know I'm not but with the pro, the protest itself it's not Khalistani protest. So it's like he doesn't respond at all. And then even here just go um expanding on that like in Canada specifically to the liberal parties in power we have a lot of sick MPs as i'm sure you know i don't know if they can't or they won't they they, they do their blanket statement they tweet it get some retweets and you don't hear from them again you know and, and that's not all of them there's some that are you know more uh openly you know supporting the protest but uh it's just discouraging to see it's like we're in these positions of power are we just there as like pawns like do we not have any real power uh, and in the uk there's so many sick do we not have any power are we just like <laughs> you know you you start questioning or thinking like what what is that is are we just there as a showpiece
2: i mean like we're not visible to them at all like you know um i say like we're a hyper visible invisible minority right like even though we look so distinctive you know we, we're indians like we don't have like that political clout um we because we don't stand for our calm in the way we should, right? Like people know about Kashmir's struggle because Kashmiris stand for their sovereignty. People know about the Palestinian struggle because Palestinians stand for their sovereignty. You know, what do people know about Khalistan is like, you know, it's terrorism because the Indian media's narrative is so dominant and, and the people that do stand for it, like, you know, are very, very small in number, um, even though they're very vocal. They're very small in number, and all of our kind of people that break into the mainstream, they distance themselves from this. They don't take those stands, right? And, like, our Sikh organizations in particular, they don't take those stands. And all of the Sikh organizations that we have right now in the diaspora were formed, like, from WSO in in, uh, Canada to, like, you know, the federations and the councils that we have here in the UK, they're all formed explicitly to advocate politically for Khalistan. Like, Mm -hmm. that was in the founding thing on WSO's, like you know for here you know we got um organizations that were formed um you know that kind of went into that um place of political representation mm-hmm. they were all formed with this explicit agenda of like representing the six political issues primary amongst those was khalistan so like that level of demonization is like seeped into our community so of course we don't have that political clout because when this stuff happens you know as our own community that's saying don't talk about khalistan it's like yeah The time. This is the time to be talking about imperialism, colonialism, the conflict between Punjab and Delhi, the vindictive nature of this conflict, how this is part of a larger struggle, how like you know Punjab's very existence has been at threat for decades, um, how we've lost our um, sovereignty and so we've lost our autonomy um, through like you know uh, uh, more than a century of colonial occupation and now the occupation of the Indian state. Like now's the time to talk about it. But our Sikh organisations. What they want to do is just like they want those retweets, man. That like honestly, <laughs> they, they love them. They yeah. them.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah. Man, but like. You watch sick organizations, right? Like, as soon as like a celebrity says something, then all of a sudden these sick organizations will start begging their their retweets and they'll start begging visibility from those celebrities by like tagging them in and like you know directing content towards them. And and otherwise they don't even know who these individuals are. Like you know, there's no uncle sitting and you know flipping uh, uh, one of these sick bodies here knows who like you know these rappers are talking about these sick issues and stuff, yeah. right? They just want to jump on it because they want like. Um, they they just want to be, like, in that space and to, to speak, they, but they're not saying anything. And that's mm-hmm. been a problem for a really, really long time. So until we have, like, a political lobby that has teeth to it, that, like, you know, um, demands stuff from politicians and makes, di- makes it difficult for them, you know, actually formulates a political agenda, um, you know, until we kind of get that, we're not going to um, get that type of engagement from these politicians because... You know, India has more to offer than we do. Like, Britain is straight up, man. Britain is ruthless. Like, this land of colonizers... Is the one of the most ruthless places on uh, uh, on the face of the earth, man. These guys will go to India That's in the crazy. midst of a pandemic while they're beating the shit out of our elders on the streets, and go there, you know, with a with their begging basket looking for trade deals, man. Clearly, they don't, don't even a-
0: care about the optics. Like even they optically, do, at least.
2: Later on. <laughs> they do not give a shit, honestly. Yeah. They could not give a shit. They know that the sick lobby here is so like um, fractured that all it takes um, for them to win the sick community over is do an event, invite a couple of prominent people in the community, eat the say take the pictures that's with it. them. And that's it. And that's all it takes. And our community, well, not our community, the leaders, the so-called leaders of our yeah. community will literally sell out everything for that. And then yeah. they'll be like... You know, we're in a process of talking and discussing and, and what you see is zero material progress. Like, let's just take the last 30 years as an example, 35 years. Now, I have to go much further back than that. Last 35 years, the biggest event in recent Sikh uh, memory in um, is the attack on Darbar Sahib. Britain sided with India to sell them Westland attack helicopters. And they sent the SAS to train Indian troops to take part in the attack on Darbar side. They were giving them different guidance. They're like, why don't you land a helicopter and kidnap Sant Janel Singh, all sorts of advice they were giving them um, to, in order to secure a helicopter deal. And like, that's the biggest genocide we have, right? Like in our recent memory, and britain straight up was a part of that um and they can and be, be beyond that as well larger like military training programs mm. weapons to india you know trying to secure trade deals and the same things happening now you know like there's very very little change. and it's not a it's not a question of one party
0: like the labor party it's policy it's institution i saw 10 what's his name i don't know if i'm saying his name 10 this the mp he asked boris johnson that guy just looked like first of all he didn't shower in the morning and then he he's like oh it's a matter between india and pakistan it's like bro what are you even talking about like all you're right. that like aloof that you don't even know yeah. like your citizens just protested like a massive protest in central london and you don't even know what's happening. It's like you just clearly don't care at that point, right? It's not a matter of beyond
2: party. that as well, man. Beyond that as well, he says it's an internal matter for India. That's the that's the talking point of the yeah. Indian government. Every yeah. single right wing journalist in India will say, Sir, it is the matter of our internal matter. Yeah. Like that they're literally their main talking point is yeah. like this internal don't interfere in the sovereignty of India and like see India and Britain have got this really weird relationship and like um India really looks up to Britain um it's fascinated by Britain because it wants everything you know it wants to be Britain and uh, Britain looks to India with this really weird orientalist fetishizing Indian summers kind of Weird lens, man. Flipping gory, man. They're flipping weird, bro. But like, <laughs> so they have a complete, like, a really kind of incestuous, distorted, like, you know, hideous kind of relationship. Yeah. They don't want to kind of undermine each other. And like, so Britain would like turn a blind eye for decades. Like, India um, has been torturing its citizens, right? Like, mm-hmm. we well, know our case.
0: Jaggi is the British citizen and he's. Like that, that, that shocked. That was like even okay. from yeah. yeah, like
2: let's, let's like all of this stuff, right? Jaggi and the farm bills and the cyber attack, man. Yeah. All of this is is pales in comparison to to the decade. Um, uh, of uh, genocidal counterinsurgency. So after the eighties, right? And this was kind of the uh, the thing that um, Rupi Kaur kind of glossed over in her article or omitted entirely, where she talks like you know post eighties like genocide, right? So uh, post-80s, the six decide that now definitely, we ain't living in India, 86, said about the Khalsa, we're fighting armed resistance, Khalistan, pick up the weapons, you know, let's like, you know, shoot these Indian soldiers down in the streets, right? Like it's on now. Um, so for a decade, they fight. India's response to that, like India responds to insurgency, a political conflict with mass human rights violations. They literally like mass raped people. They like flipping shit Peeled people's skins off, man. Like, I was reading a, a, an account of like seven year old Bagilk, or like they stripped this child naked. They like put sugar and uh, on her and they put yeah. her on a pile of ants. Like, next, I mean, unimaginable, like soul chilling levels of torture. I mean, there's like so many stories I can tell you yeah, guys. No. Like, well, we, know, we, like, gotta uh, we, we gotta definitely, we gotta, like, I, 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 I just wrap that up here. Like, so, like, yeah. there's so much torture that happens in that period, yeah. right? And um, Britain as a country, like, what did it say? Like, forget doing anything. Mm-hmm. Like, had it once condemned, you know, like, let's just talk facts. Let's talk like, you know, um, that's what they, these guys pretend they, they care about. Let's talk about the 5,234 cases that Insaf has documented of extrajudicial yeah. uh, murders. Let's talk, have you condemned that? Like it's simple. Say we condemn India for killing five thousand, you know, six in extrajudicial, um, killings, you know, yeah. extrajudicial killings, and no condemnation, no nothing.
0: The hypocrisy is just uh, in these countries. Is just it's crazy. I've
2: heard, I've heard British politicians talk about that. The way they kind of understand it is, uh, one one politician said to me that any uh, large democracy like India is bound to have challenges.
0: <laughs> First of all it's funny that they call it a democracy Uh, that's a you know which it ain't uh but yeah i mean it's it's sad to see that but i mean hopefully again we we have these conversations people awaken they get that knowledge they learn and hopefully we can make positive change um and we could have conversations i would definitely want to have you back uh in the future because we can talk about specific issues like 84 you can talk about partition you can you know and those conversations alone can go on for hours and hours. So um yeah, so we'll definitely love to have you back um sometime soon. Um maybe just to end off, let us know about your organization that you've co founded. I know I just kind of read it off a script. I didn't do any justice. Uh I don't personally know too much about it. Uh, I went on your website. Uh, but just kind of let people know what it is that you guys do and if they want to get in touch with you, what's the best way to uh do that? No
2: worries. Um, yeah, so um, I'm the co-founder for NSYF, the National Security Youth Federation. Um, we founded this organization because in Six spaces, we heard a lot of like bump re- rhetoric, right? Like that gave it large about our shaheeds and like our Azadi and like Khalistan. And we saw all the images of our shaheeds. But as soon as we stepped outside the Gurdwara, outside our, our six spaces, you know, these same individuals became, like, terrorists and, like, you know, people were scared to talk about it. So, like, growing up with that, you know... um in that kind of fractured state we wanted to like you know be a voice and we wanted to talk to uh you know especially the young sick diaspora that was like our key audience this is our key audience because like too many of our organisations they only care to speak to whiteness and speak to the state right they don't really care to speak to um, youngsters um so that was that like kind of our main uh, founding vision and our our, our purpose and and we've gone on from there. Like now I'm currently working with the newly founded Khalistan Center as the program director there. Um, so, yeah, it's been like, you know, the focus of our organization has been the focus of like my my work, my life is, is about like our struggle, is about our shaheeds, about Khalistan, about like, you know, um, raising that voice, I suppose. And, you know. Um, raising it as powerfully as we can essentially. Yeah. Like this isn't something Absolutely. that should be mocked or demonized or trifled with. We're talking about the liberation struggle of the Khalsa Panth in it. So um yeah. So it's taken us on a very, very interesting journey. And if anyone wants to get in touch, you can check out our website, nsyf.org.uk, drop us an email at info at nsyf.org.uk. Um, we're kinda of slow to respond sometimes but we do get back to
0: people. <laughs> sounds awesome. good. Vin, you, you you can do your goodbye to Shimshere now that <laughs> you were doing 10 minutes earlier. No, it was, it was, it was,
1: it was absolutely great to have you on, man. And, and learned a lot. And I hope our listeners will listen to the full thing and, and hopefully we'll get you back on to teach us some more things.
0: Perfect. Uh, so, yeah. Thanks for everyone to listening in on the listener leave podcast. This will be on Spotify, uh, in a day or two. Um, and then we also put the video version out on YouTube. So have a listen, educate yourself, learn, support the Kasan protests, learn about Punjab, learn about Sikhi. Um, and just, yeah, let's just keep moving, having d- discussions. And then hopefully in the near future, we'll, uh, we'll have, uh, Shamsher Singh back on to just dis- keep continue discussing Sikh issues. And, uh, yeah just continue educating people and helping uh, the community grow so uh thanks again chimshare for uh, coming on making time out uh for our podcast um and we will uh yeah good good day to everyone bon, bon, bon.